Welcome back to our Venture Sprout podcast, where we feature spin-ups and new codes that Visient members are developing and launching across the country. I'm your host, Crystal Mollis, Vice President of Digital Virtual Experience and Ventures at Visient. In this episode, we continue our discussion about the partnership between Giant, a digital front door software for hospitals and health systems, and Intermountain Healthcare. Joining me are Dr. Stefan Behrens, co-founder and CEO for Giant, and Dr. Mike Phillips, partner and managing director, Intermountain Ventures at Intermountain Healthcare. Both of you came together to focus on COVID and the COVID screening process. So can you share more about that, both Stefan and Mike, you as well? Happy to start here. So <laughs> when COVID first hit, I think it was beginning of March, and I realized that we had to do something very quickly inside of our company with our team to kind of stand up a solution that would help our health system customers manage this. And so I think within three or four days, we had the first prototype of a COVID symptom checker and navigation tool stood up. And I think it took maybe a week or so to then engage with partners like Intermountain and some of our other customers to get some like that deployed on the website because they were getting hammered on the phone lines with patients calling in with the same questions at a level I think they've not seen before. And that's difficult to staff because either you have to deploy tens of people to staff these phone lines or call nurses off of their normal duties and put them in a call center or accept that a lot of your patients are going to be frustrated because they drop off the call after 40 minutes of holding, right? And that's not acceptable. So we really moved very quickly with our health system partners to stand up these COVID symptom checkers and get them live. And as Mike has mentioned before, I think on the Intermountain side, we had a day or two after launching, we had, I think, over 20,000 people use the symptom checker on like day two. So it's also very rapid scaling to a level that is otherwise really difficult to achieve with traditional means or, or standing up a call center. Yeah. And one of the things which was great for us is we were really looking for solutions. And I think an opportunity for companies like Giant and others who are in this, the ability to step up and help us take care of our patients means a tremendous amount to a health system. Our focus has always been on making sure that our patients will get the best care that they can. Our ability to sort of ramp that up quickly was incredibly valuable. And it, I think, taught us a lot of lessons beyond just the work we did with Giant, right? We already had a very robust telehealth system and it quadrupled in size pretty much overnight. So our ability to really change and think about how we would deliver care, how we would bring in digital tools and segue that into telehealth and under the situations where it absolutely needed to happen, have an in-person visit. It was one of those things where something really horrible happens, but there are some very important lessons that we learned out of it. And I think it will truly change medicine forever. And I think you'll see a huge uptake in tools like Giant, as well as a whole host of other, maybe more disease-specific tools that will come into the market and allow us to take great care of our patients. So from our standpoint, that portion of the innovation is awesome. It is absolutely horrible that it came at the cost that it did, but we would be negligent if we didn't take all the great things we learned out of this very bad situation and put them to use in everyday medicine. I think you're exactly right. I mean, the COVID has accelerated something that was already in play. It just accelerated it, helped us move faster in a good way to digital transformation. So talk about the positive momentum that Giant has experienced and the traction so far in the market and maybe what's next on the horizon for Giant. 
Sure. Yeah. So during a time that was arguably very challenging for a lot of our health system customers financially, because elective procedures were postponed, staff was furloughed. So it's been a challenging year financially. But during this time, we were able to add two dozen new customers because I think there was just such a need for these types of digital solutions to scale up the response, both to COVID, but also helping patients figure out where they need to go in this new world that came with new rules where you want to reduce the number of in-person visits to those that are absolutely necessary. And we've made great strides working with a lot of customers on these digital front door type solutions, working with Geisinger, Adventist Health, OSF, Common Spirit, Mayo Clinic, and a bunch of other folks. So it's been a pretty transformational year for us in terms of traction and adoption. And what we're looking towards now is, on one hand, making that initial experience for patients that did digital helper, digital assistant, even better by making it even more responsive and getting you to where you need to go. But I think the front door is just the first step of the journey, just like you have a front door in the house and the house is still important. (laughs) We want to make sure that that digital experience and that digital journey continues. It's not just about telling you how to get in the door, but also taking you by the hand as you go through your journey. Similar to the example I gave in the beginning of what my dad experienced, I want to be able to transition seamlessly from the digital front door into contactless check-in where we get insurance information, medical history, uh, medications, and all of that out of the way before you see the provider. Ideally, give you options like asynchronous care delivery that is very efficient and convenient for patients, but also the providers delivering the care to then closing the loop after you've um, had your doctor visit or you stay at the hospital and making sure that you're getting healthy and you don't have any questions that are lingering that might have to be addressed or you don't have any issues accessing your medication that you need or questions on them. So I want to make sure that we cover the entire journey from start to finish. And that starts with the front door, but then continues to pre-visit preparation, the actual visit delivery, and then post-visit follow-up. And ideally, at the end, kind of close the loop and bring you in when necessary for the right kind of preventive care, right, to really make an impact on patient outcomes. And, and so that's the direction we're building with a number of partnerships, including Intermountain, to make sure that we deliver on all of these aspects of the patient journey. And I would add that for us, these sorts of tools are really our way of helping with a cohesive patient journey and a care path. We really feel that we would like to be able to make that journey through any sort of health issue in which we also include just all the things that help you lead a healthy life. We want to make it as seamless as possible. And it's not just having people understand what the best next thing to do is. It's a little bit of human factors engineering in the sense that we not only want people to understand what we think would be the next best thing for them to do, we want to have them to be able to agree on it and make a plan with them, but we also want to make that thing the easiest thing for them to do. So it's not only providing that information, but providing a really easy path to make use of it and to enter into that treatment path in a seamless way. So helping with the information, but also making the right thing the easy thing to do for folks. And that doesn't diminish the fact that all of these kinds of things really reflect a ongoing conversation between caregivers and patients. But once that work has been decided between the caregivers and the patients, and we agree, we want to have a system which allows folks to rapidly and seamlessly activate the system and get on with leading a healthy life, because that's really our job, having as many people lead healthy lives as we can. 
I love what you guys are doing just to make it so much easier and better for the consumer and the patients as they try to navigate a very complex journey. I mean, for those of us who are clinicians, right, including myself, and it's still hard. It's very hard. So it's just taken us way too long to get these tools in the consumer hands. So I just love what you guys are doing. So I had to just make that statement. But the last thing I want to ask you guys, is there a question that you wish I would have asked that I haven't asked? Because I think we've covered pretty much all of the ground that we had intended to cover with our questions. But if there's something that either one of you would like for me to toss out, I'm happy to do that if I miss something that you want to tell here. You know, I have one thing I would add. I don't know how to phrase this as necessarily a question. And I think I may have briefly touched on this before. One of the huge benefits for this also is for the caregivers who are involved. Tools like this allow us to make sure that all of the things that we would like the patient to know about are presented to them. It helps us follow very consistent protocols and consistent care paths for folks. And it's one of the things that's always been hardest to do in healthcare is to get our providers to all perform in a relatively consistent way. There's a lot coming at the average provider during a day. And being able to remember every single care pathway and every single piece of data can be very difficult to do. And tools, particularly digital tools, help us make sure that along with our judgment, we are consistently following care pathways and consistently following our best practices. So it's just another way for us to make sure that that happens. And the beauty about algorithms is they don't get tired and they don't forget things and they don't have distractions where seven people are trying to talk to them at the same time when they're trying to execute on a care path for someone. So I wouldn't underestimate the value of the consistent help that tools like this can provide for caregivers to make sure that they're consistently applying the practices that we know are best. I love that, Mike. And the other piece of that, where I thought you were going, was in addition to the algorithms providing the consistency, they're not distracted by the things that we deal with around health equity either. Mm -hmm. So it solves for that to some degree, right? I think it does. I think the only potential equity issue in the process, obviously algorithms are completely agnostic to that. There are two potential hitches that I think we have to be careful about. Algorithms, they have to be able to be accessed. So we need to make sure that those, in terms of equity things, that all of our patients have the ability to access this. And in our case in Utah, sometimes that means having good connectivity. We have some folks who live in very rural places. I think in other places, it means having consistent communication devices and things like that. And then I think I would say that the second portion of this is that an algorithm, one of its beauties is that consistency. So if there is something that has not been perfectly or well thought out with regard to equity and there is some kind of bias in the algorithm, it will execute it perfectly every time. So it does require having the diligence to make sure that the algorithm is set up with equity in mind. Does that make sense? Total sense. Makes sense because the computer is only going to learn what we teach it, right? Exactly. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That bias has to be removed inherently in the front end of the, of the teaching, the learning. Yep. And you need to keep reviewing things and you need to take people's feedback. So if there's something there that appears like it's introducing bias, you need to, like we always endeavor to do, we need to listen to our patients. We need to listen to the people we're taking care of. They'll let us know if something isn't quite right. And we have to be willing to take a step back and work through it. 
Stefan, Mike, thank you both for joining me for these past two episodes. I've really enjoyed our discussion. And to our audience, thank you for joining this episode of the podcast. If you are a Visient member and subscribe to our network offerings, we encourage you to register to attend our full experience on the new digital frontier as we explore healthcare spinups and new co's. This experience includes additional podcasts featuring the new co's and a matchmaking venture summit. In that summit, we will feature several member spinups and give you the opportunity to have one-on-one conversations to explore relationships that could lead to investment opportunities, co-development, and or a buying opportunity with these companies. So if you're a C-suite leader, you've received an email from us to register for these events. We look forward to seeing you there. 